Hashtag living my best life has six million tags on Instagram. It's got everything from people showing their exotic adventures to places they love to eat. And you'd be surprised how many dogs are living their best lives on Instagram. It's all about showcasing that one spectacular moment in the hopes that people will believe that's what your entire life looks like. And we've all been there. Instagram versus reality. There's no judgment here. Here's a post from my own feed. It was a girl's trip to Thailand. Instagram, reality. We spend so much time filtering our photos. But what if hashtag living my best life is actually about filtering our words? Let's read from James chapter three. That's gonna be our reading today. James chapter three, verse two. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With our tongue, we praise the Lord, our Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, neither can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine bear figs. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done and humility that comes from wisdom. If you were to close your eyes and picture what a good life is, what do you see? Maybe it's some elusive ideal that only exists in LA, or maybe for you, it's measuring it more with, you know, a career progression or a salary amount, or perhaps you just want to abandon all responsibilities, have a great time and wake up in a new city every weekend. We all have our own idea of what a good life looks like. And God has called us to live a good life. And since he created life, well, I think he's best placed to tell us what that should look like. The whole book of James is uh, structured kind of around this call for spiritual maturity and growth. And James has spent those last 12 verses that we just read talking about how the tongue is this world of evil that it needs to be harnessed in order for us to grow. And then he lands it in verse 13 asking, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. The way that we speak, taming our tongues, 
is what will make us or break us in being wise and understanding. Our tongues impact our whole lives. And so we're going to look at two things around that. Number one, the tongue is a tool for direction. And secondly, the tongue is a source of power. Okay, firstly, the tongue is a tool for direction. James illustrates this with two different images. And the first one is of a horse. Let's see who's going to be the quickest. If you can find the horse emoji, it's quite a, deeply buried in there. See if you can stick it in the chat. He says this in verse three. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And so the picture here is how that small piece of metal, the bit, is placed in the right location in the mind and then has the ability to control the enormous power of the animal, of the horse. The rider is then able to get the animal to obey them, which means they can move in the right direction. If you think about wild horses roaming free on the prairie lands, I don't know where you picture that, they, getting them from point A to point B without any form of bit in their minds is really difficult. It's, it's kind of impossible. An animal must be tamed and trained in order to become productive and useful to the rider. An unbridled animal brings absolute chaos. And I got down a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole with videos of watching people trying to sit on untamed horses, wild horses. And it was, it was awful because then the people would get on and the horse would just like fling them off and these people would like land on their backs and the horse would run away in the opposite direction. The power of the bit is not in its size, but in its effectiveness. The bit brings direction to the animal and obedience to the rider. And just like that, our tongues have the ability to control our whole lives. Verse two says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is able to keep their whole body in check. Just a little bit can change the direction of your life. Just a little bit of a sentence or bit of a phrase has the power to alter the course of your life. The second image that James uses is in verse four. Again, who's going to be the quickest? Try and find the ship emoji. Um, he says in verse four, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Same, same, but different. James is just further communicating the disproportionate um, control of the rudder versus the size of a ship. The rudder is most vital in keeping the ship on course to its destination. Now, I'm from Northern Ireland, and one of the most famous things to come out of Northern Ireland was that we built the Titanic. Probably not something you want to brag about, but... The Titanic, the rudder and the length of the ship, if you look at the measurements, the rudder is four and a half meters and the ship is over 260 something meters, which means that the rudder makes up only 2% in the whole size of the ship. 2%, not even, I think it's 1.7 if your maths is good. The power of the rudder is to help the ship navigate through difficult storms and strong winds. 
And likewise, that's what James is saying about our words, that they can help us keep on course or they can drive us away from the destination. We probably spend half of our lives talking to other people and the other half talking to ourselves. I don't know if you speak out loud to yourself, maybe when you're in the car or maybe you're more like me and you have this like internal monologue that is constantly running. How do you speak to yourself? How do you talk to yourself about your job or who you are or your achievements? James writes to warn us that our tongues direct where we are headed in life. And just like a ship has to navigate difficult storms and strong winds, how do our tongues help us cultivate wisdom and understanding as we navigate through the storms of our lives and to make sure that we are headed in the right direction? One of my favorite worship songs uh, that we sing is called God, I Look to You. It's by Jen Johnson, who's a leader, um, a worship leader at Bethel. And I recently listened to an interview where she was talking about how she wrote the lyrics of this song. And she said she was driving along in the car. She was running errands. It'd been a really stressful day. The kids had been kind of acting up. And so she was kind of working over the lyrics in her head. And she kept singing, God, I look to you because I'm overwhelmed. And she recalls how she felt God say to her, well, if you keep saying it, you're going to be. And then she changed the lyrics to what we sing now, which is, God, I look to you, I won't be overwhelmed. And I think this is something that really resonated with me, especially this year. It's been the year of being overwhelmed. Anyone else? Um, And so when she talked about this song and she talks about how we speak to ourselves, it really resonated with me. Do we speak to ourselves negatively or do we discourage ourselves? Because in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus. I know when I'm in a difficult circumstance or going through something hard, You just want to have a good moan about it. And we see that in the Bible, you know, the authors of Lamentations and the Psalms, you know, they had a good moan as well when things were difficult. Although the biblical word for that is lament. They express their sorrow and their sadness. And we read this in Lamentations 3. They said this. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. And so I say, my splendor is gone and all that I hoped from the Lord, i.e. I'm overwhelmed. But what happens next is what brings direction because we'll see that they start to speak the truth over themselves. Verse 21 says this, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. Now, this isn't about naming and claiming or you know trying to manifest a different reality it's not like I'm going to win a million ringgit or I'm going to get promoted on Monday this is us actively steering towards the promises of God a good life is a life of direction towards the things of God 
And so when difficult circumstances come and we find ourselves faced with the storms of life, we can speak the truth of the gospel over ourselves and over our circumstances to keep us going in the right direction. The second image that is used here is the metaphor of the tongue being a spark. There's loads of spark and fire emojis. Feel free to choose your favorite, stick it in the chat. And he says in verse five, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And so James is following along this same idea that from something little can come a lot. And we've seen this in reality. I don't know if you remember the uh, California fires back in 2018. Um, I think 1.6 million acres of land were completely destroyed in that fire. People's homes, businesses, farms, everything was completely wiped out. And hundreds of firemen had to try and contain and to stop this aggressive fire. And when it was all over, they actually traced it back to where it began. And it began with one spark. From a hammer hitting a metal stick into the ground, it sparked, hit flammable material, and that's how the whole thing began. This is the warning from James. That's the destruction that our tongues can cause. It's like burning someone's home and village and business completely to the ground. Our words don't live in a vacuum, but actually have impact on those around us when they come out of our mouths. And we're living in this weird cultural time where it's actually expected or it's the norm to see people write really negative things online under YouTube videos or under news articles. And we live in this polarizing mentality with the rise of trolling and there's just not much accountability for what our words do to people receiving them. Recent stats have shown that three in 10 young Malaysians have, are bullied online every day. And since classes have started online, hate speech among children and adolescents has risen by 70%. The destruction that words cause may not always be visible like fire, but the devastation that they cause for people receiving them can be just as severe. We need to be praying for our young people, for our children, for our teenagers, as they navigate this online, pray that they are protected and that they are cared for. But it doesn't just exist online. We can all recall times where someone has spoken a careless or a thoughtless word over us, or perhaps when we have spoken hurtful or careless words over others. And this year and a half has been hard. Maybe you feel like you're just running out of buffer or maybe you're finding you're just more irritated or you rise to arguments much quicker than you used to or you speak harshly to the people that you live with or that you're working with. James 6, James uh, 3 verse 6 says this, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself is set on fire by hell. We need to tame the fire. 
because fire under control is so useful and beneficial in our lives. Think about uh, lighting a candle and bringing light to a dark room or think about a fireplace and having heat, although you definitely don't need that in this country, but heat to a room or to a home or think about how it can produce um, power and electricity or think about the little burnt bits on satay from the barbecue coals. Like, is there anything better than a crispy burnt bit? Our words have the power to bring life or death to those around us. So how we speak is absolutely critical. Where have words brought life? Well, the whole world was created through words. It was God the Father who spoke creation into being. He said, let there be, and there was. And Jesus healed people with his words, saying things like, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And people's lives were restored and people were healed from illnesses. And the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost in what appeared to be tongues of fire and rested on the disciples, giving them this new heavenly language to speak and to bless others with. James doesn't really tell us how to do this, how to speak. He just warns us of the dangers. So I thought I'd give us a little acrostic to help us remember. We're going to look at how we can bring life and not death to our speech. You can type life into the chat if you're enthusiastic. Let's start. L. Listen first. James 1.19 says, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. The ratio is clear. We have two ears one mouth. Let's try and listen twice as long as we speak. I have integrity. Proverbs 12, 22 says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Let's tell the truth and not lie. Let's avoid exaggeration and insincere flattery. F, be forgiving. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. When people speak harshly, rather than repaying anger with anger, let's respond with kindness and grace. And finally, E, edify others. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your minds, but only what is helpful for building other, others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. People live up or down to the words that we speak over them. And so we need to listen to the needs of other people in order to meet them there and to change the course of their lives. Our words are not momentary. They last much longer than when we finish speaking. And taming our tongues can be hard. This is hard because it's a powerful thing and things that are powerful are sometimes hard to control. In verse 7 and 8, James says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. All right. Thanks, James. Like, really, really demotivating. That's really difficult. Like, how do we, if no one can do it, then why are we even bothering? Thankfully, this is not where it ends. James says in verse 12, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Which means 
what's in our hearts is going to come out of our mouths. And as children of God, we hold on to the promise that the Holy Spirit has poured God's love into our hearts. And that means that we have hope in this, that we have the love of God in us and the power of the Holy Spirit with us. And so once what was once impossible is now made possible. Verse 18 says, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. In this time, when we are restricted in our movement, we can live our best lives by having a disproportionately good impact on those around us. We can speak God's love into the lives of everyone that we come into contact with today. So why don't we ask the Holy Spirit for his help in this? I know I need it. So we're going to go into a time of ministry now. So you might want to close your eyes. I'm going to pray for us. You can receive prayer at this time as well. Just click the request prayer button um, and someone will respond to you. So why don't we just pray, come Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh today? Would you help us to do this? Oh, 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 oh,